the Sober Experiment podcast by Be Sober with Alex and Lisa. Season three is sponsored by IPHM, an accreditation board for holistic therapists and training providers around the world. I'm Alex, one half of the Sober Experiment. And I'm Lisa, the other half. This is nice. It's so lovely. Hello. Hello. For anyone who can't see us, we're actually in Lisa's front room with Jeffrey clip-clopping around on the floor. <laughs> um, because we've got a bit of an interview today, haven't we? We have, yeah. And they want us in cocoon interview style. What even is that? I don't know, but I think we're in it. <laughs> Comfortable. So, yeah, here we are. But today we've got a really lovely, hopefully a lovely surprise for you because we've got our, one of our Bolton ambassadors, Irene Wignall, and she's just got such a moving story, has not she? I don't think we're going to have time for the old story. No, I don't, actually. We might have to get her on a few times. Oh, they could read her book. Actually, they could read a book. Has <laughs> she just finished the second book? She well? has, yeah, yeah. So she's our Beast on Bolton ambassador. She's called Irene Wignall. And she's written a book called Look for the Effing Rainbows. I love that title. <laughs> I do. <laughs> um, and she's written a second one, which we'll ask her about. Yeah. I don't know what the title is. No, we'll let you know. We'll let her in now, right? You ready, everyone? I love Irene. Doom, doom, doom. She's been on our exercise class this morning too. Yeah, she has. Only she's got a sore bum yet. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that as well. She might not be able to walk. Hello. Hi. Hi. You're right. Yeah, you. Yeah, look at you two nicely showered, and I'm still sweaty, better. <laughs> <laughs> I had to run in the shower after our exercise this morning because I knew I was spending all day here. Oh no, I'm not. Uh, I've still got the exercise gear on. <laughs> Did you enjoy it? I did enjoy it. I did because um, I know that if I get up earlier and I start doing something productive, it then sets this sort of scene for the day. Um, you so, yet? Not yet, not yet. But there, there's a lot of flab to get through to find the muscle in my bum yet. So not yet. <laughs> you are funny. You're really not even that flabby, to be honest with you at all. <laughs> I think she's just attention seeking. <laughs> Exercising, don't they? I love it. And I was honestly, when we first started these exercise classes, I was like, I did them for a bit. Yeah, I was like, they're just not for me. They're boring. I hate them. I don't want to do them. And honestly, these Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays now, I wouldn't be without them because it don't feel like you're doing loads, but there's like such a big difference. And somebody once said to me about exercise and alcohol are like the complete opposites. Oh, I thought you'd made that up. No, oh, somebody, I, oh, I made this up once <laughs> and alcohol and exercise are the complete opposite. So like you drink to feel good and then feel really shit afterwards. But when you're exercising, you feel really shit while you're doing it, but you feel brilliant after. Yeah. And it's so yeah. Now, can you see why I was impressed when I thought it were her own line? <laughs> patronising, Kay, honestly. I've been patronising once on a podcast. She's never got over it. Neither have I, evidently. <laughs> anyway, let's get on to you, Irene. Okay. We've just sort of mentioned your book, but you've written a second one, haven't you, as well? Yeah, I've written a second one. Uh, that was sort of never in the... Um, I just wanted to get a book out, basically. Uh, and then when I read my reviews for my first one, because I'm quite honest in the book, and um, I sort of tell them my cock-ups and, um, and things that... I, I haven't really done great. And um, and I think when I read the reviews and people were like, oh, my God, it made, made me feel so much better. I thought, I've done a self-help book and I didn't even realise. So yeah. my second book is called A Self-Help Book, Not Really. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, and I just, I just like the fact that 
because you see on social media everywhere everybody like acing it and i think no it's not real you know um generally i have at least one cock up a day yeah. and um and, and that's real and and you don't have to sort of hide it um you just have to accept it and move on did you always know that you wanted to write a book Irene? No, no. Honestly, I've been like Del Boy. I, I've made tutus. I've made I've made my old birthday cards. Um, I, I've always what it thought there's something else. There's something else that I could be doing, but I don't know what it is. And I, and I was rubbish at English at school. Didn't particularly read. Um, and it weren't until after losing Dusty that I started writing. Uh, but that was sort of for counts for my own counselling kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and. And then I sort of wrote bigger posts on Facebook. And, and they were generally not like, well, yeah, taking the mickey out of myself, but it just people respond to it. And 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 it was a nice feeling. It's like it made made me feel good. So I just thought, I'm gonna, I'm gonna carry on. It's so interesting to hear that you said like you was never any good at English as well, because that's something that stops people. But like you said, it's the being real and you write like you talk so yeah. realness comes across doesn't it yeah I, I, I just want to go back because I think it'd be really nice if you don't mind speaking about Dusty a little bit not at all I, I quite I love speaking about him to be fair yeah <laughs> the first time I came across you way before Be Sober you actually and I just want to say this because I don't think I've ever acknowledged it face to face oh no it was right after my 2018 miscarriage the first one and I was I was only I say only and I've been told I shouldn't use that word I was 12 weeks pregnant and I had this loss and you popped in my inbox as somebody who'd never really spoken to me before and said if you ever need anyone to talk talk to about this know that I'm here and I do understand and honestly it made me feel so much less alone just knowing that some stranger out there had seen my post and was there and knew what I was going through. And actually, I think you more than knew what I was going through because I didn't know your story back then. I didn't know all what had happened to you. But how lovely, Irene, and I just want to say that, what a lovely thing that you did reaching out because it really was comforting. I don't think I've ever said thank you, so thank you. Uh, you know what? I forgot about that because um, that's sort of the start of it, isn't it? And, um, but, it but it's true. And I think sometimes it's easier to talk to somebody that you don't know. Uh, and I think yeah. That's good. Yeah. So can, can you tell us a little bit about how you're, because I know it's all intertwined and connected with you not drinking and everything, but if you can take us back and if you can talk about Dusty as well, it'd be lovely. Yeah, um, so Dusty, I think he's got a cool name. Um, <laughs> I was uh, 27 weeks pregnant, so I felt in cake, um, but I just had this niggling feeling that things weren't right. Um, and we already had Ted, and Ted were about, well, he was 14 months at the time. Um and I went into labour, but I didn't know um, what it was. I didn't know the contractions were contractions, basically. I'd never, I'd never, with Ted, I had a C-section. So um, I um, realised about six o'clock in the evening that I'd gone into labour. And I'd seen a midwife earlier that day and she was like, no, there's nothing happening. Um, so anyway, we got to the delivery suite. They took us straight and got into the delivery suite and um, they said, 
he's coming, he's on his way, he's, uh, he's little, so he's going to be very poorly. And and we were like, right, yeah, that, that's fine, we, we can deal with this. So they brought in an incubator and and they had a little toasty bag, you know, <laughs> like, like you're putting your toaster for your cheese toasters. And uh, they said, this is what he's going to be in, keep him warm. And there were loads and loads of people in the room. And, uh, and I remember uh, they, they were checking his heartbeat and then they checked his heartbeat again. And she went off to get one of the consultants and I thought, this is it. Um, and she came back and the consultant sat on the bed and she said, she nodded in my direction and said to the uh, midwife what she called. And I thought, you don't even know my name. Oh, um, she said, uh, she said then that he passed away. And basically the room emptied. It was like, I didn't even notice it emptying, but the incubator had gone and there were just two midwives left, and they said, you're going to have to give birth, naturally. Uh, do you want to see your baby when you when you give birth? And I'm like, yeah, I felt him kicking, you know. Of course I want to see him. I want you to wrap him up like you would do any baby, put him on my chest. Um, so he arrived on the 8th of November 2013, and he was gorgeous, and he had loads of black, loads of darker, dark uh, brown hair, and it looked just like Ted. Um, so we, we sat with him for 12 hours, which, um, thinking about it, I don't know how I would have felt prior to that if somebody sat with a baby that had passed away for 12 hours, but it just seemed natural, natural for me and Adam and our parents would come in and say goodbye and my sisters and stuff. So it was, it was a nice 12 hours to be fair. <laughs> it's so lovely. Sad, obviously, very deeply sad, but so lovely that you were able and you are able to express that immediate bond that you yeah. felt and have, as much as it must be painful to look back on, you've got that lovely memory, haven't you, of at least having held him and at least having seen him. And when people say stupid things like, well, at least you got to meet him, I don't mean it in that way, obviously, no. but it's, it is it is bittersweet for you. It must be bittersweet for you. It must be painful. Yeah, yeah, and and... I really struggled at the time with everything happens for a reason because that's my philosophy in life. Basically. And I kept thinking, why, why, why would that happen? And then we had Albie and, and somebody once said, it was Dusty stepping back and saying, you're going to have another little boy and it's Albie's turn, not Dusty's turn. And I thought that's a really nice way of putting it. Asking me goose pimples. Yeah. It's just, um, but yeah. And, and without Dusty, I, I wouldn't have tried all these new things. I wouldn't. I would have just been happy plodding along. Yeah. Um, and 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 I like that my book is all about Dusty. The first book's all about Dusty. And I can say his name as, as often as I like because, because I've wrote that book about him. Yeah. Do you find people are okay with you talking about him or do they shy away from it? Initially, they shied away from me. Um, it, even even closest friends, you know, you didn't see for because he had a funeral, um, but you didn't see anybody. And I just felt like shouting on the rooftops. I've had a baby. I've had a baby, and his name's Dusty. Um, and for everybody to acknowledge it, basically, I even put it on Facebook, you know. And and looking back, I think we're right or wrong. But I thought, no, I want I wanted to tell everybody I had a I had a baby. Yeah. Do you, do you talk about him like that? Do you say I've had three children? Uh, I used to, but then I think it makes other people feel uncomfortable. Um, so Ted and I'll be talking about baby dusty all the time. Um, yeah, and and 
it, it, like Albie's like, so is he zero? And I'm like, yeah, he's zero. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they say they're like, they say things, don't they, kids? And they just say it as it is. And you're like, oh, you can't even be upset for a while, can you? Because they just say things and you think, right. But I remember my little boy, because obviously, obviously like you in many ways, you just presume you're going to be, have a normal pregnancy. Yeah. You're going to get that baby at the end. You really don't think about it very much. And I remember him saying straight afterwards, dead flippantly, does that mean it's died? And like, you know, yeah. the reality, but kids say it as it is, don't they? Kids yeah. just It's they not are. a bad thing though, is it? Because, you know, like when you're talking about people shying away from it, I reckon I'm a bit like one of them people. Oh, do you? Because... <laughs> what? No, you definitely are. Oh, right. I was like, I didn't get what you meant then. No, I am. And I think... But, it's just so I think because I cannot even for one second imagine how you felt. So the first do you know what I mean? Like the first thing people often want to say is like, I don't know, they want to kind of relate to you and they can't. There's nothing yeah. that they can relate to. So then they don't know what to say. And then it's like, so these people are probably like me. I would be doing this, like, shit, I want to say something really meaningful and really lovely and something to make them feel better. Yeah. But then they're not going to feel better. And then I might say the wrong thing. And then, oh, shall I just not say anything? Shall I just keep it quiet? And it's like this. It's just so difficult. And you, and you undermine it? your own experiences, don't you? Yeah. Because, like, not many people know. Don't we? Yeah, yeah. Not many yeah. people know that Lisa had a miscarriage as well. Yeah. And Lisa yeah. had one years ago. And she just doesn't talk about it. She just doesn't talk about it. It's sort of like, yeah, I had a miscarriage. moves on. And I don't think you've ever really acknowledged what you went through. Man, you, you couldn't. Well, could you? no, I had a crazy ex-mother-in-law that took all your pain took it yeah took all my pain from me she had about a month off work and I went in five days but um, anyway that's a whole other story (laughs) well yeah I kind of just think it's I just can't imagine how that must feel and that's it because you you start to undermine your own and thinking well I want that far along so I I know how I felt I know how I felt Irene I know what honestly almost suicidal at times so I can't I'm the same can't put myself where you must have been having gone more than double where I went and felt the movement and all of that must have been absolutely horrific for you and yeah. it will be horrific at times but also it, what an amazing thing to do is then write a book because then it kind of gives people that understanding as well doesn't yeah. it yeah yeah, and one of one of our neighbours, I remember knocking on the door the next day, and um, and I opened the door, and she she had a, a tray of shepherd's pie, and she went put it in the oven at two hundred degrees for an hour, and just walked away. And I thought, oh my god, that that I'll never forget that because it was just like that's maybe what a cry. <laughs> I don't even know. It's the little things, though. It is the yeah. little things. Yeah. Where you just know you're in people's thoughts that really, really count, and. Humans are amazing when they want to be. Yeah. We, you know, we're, we're compassionate beings. We want to support each other. We say stupid things because we're human. We make mistakes because we're human. But generally, there's a lot of kindness out there, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Was um, Dusty the reason you stopped drinking? No, it it, um, it was probably the reason I upped my drinking. Right. Um, so dealing with grief um it it felt physical it felt like a physical heartache um and uh and I and I didn't know how to deal with it so I went for counseling and <laughs> and it just it weren't for me um 
And I remember all week holding it in, holding it in. And then for 45 minutes, I just cry at this woman who just nodded. And and maybe maybe if it had persevered, it, it would have evolved and was for me. But so instead, I just numbed everything. Um, and it wasn't until, and I knew I knew I was numbing it. And I knew um, afterwards that I should have been, you know, to get through grief, you have to accept each stage. Uh, and then move on to the next. And without getting through each stage, you're not going to be able to move on to the next. Um, so I, I upped my drinking. Then I got pregnant with Albie. That was stressful anyway. He arrived um, and I just tried to be this superwoman, you know, like, oh, I've got um, I've got it all together. And yeah, I'm overdosing now and, 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 and just carried on drinking. And I sort of catastrophized everything about Albie. I thought he wouldn't survive. You know, it's weird looking back. Like he'd have a cough. And I think, yeah, this is Albie's time now. He's going to die as well. Um, and Anna, and that seemed like a really rational thing to think. But it would have been because I was drinking so much and I, and I weren't dealing with the grief I was still weren't um, grieved yeah that's what it does isn't it the alcohol that it just it, it there's no doubt about it it takes the edge off the pain there's no doubt yeah. about it let's yeah. be real but you don't you're right you don't process it because unless you feel it, you, it you're you not going through the process so you actually get stuck and did you find when you stopped drinking that a lot of those feelings came back and you had to go through a lot again yeah and I think that's that's probably where the book came into it as well um, because um, when I stopped drinking, it was in 2008 and I started writing properly, um, 2018, sorry, I started writing properly in 2019 um, and I think that's that's where that, that came in basically. So like to help you process things? Yeah, yeah. God. Yeah. I think you've done like amazing, obviously. And people can say like, oh, you know, like you just said then, oh, I'm over it. And obviously you're not ever going to get over something like that, but you clearly have processed it. You clearly have come to terms with it and yeah. you're now doing amazing things. One of which is being an ambassador for us. So mm-hmm. let, let's talk about that because you're really responsible for being sober growing. Yeah. <laughs> it's not our fault that we don't yeah. ever stop. <laughs> so from the very beginning like I know that I wanted be sober to be massive and it was always a dream that we could have like that people could meet up everywhere so when you came along and was like oh we've been had you been talking to Mark and Liam from Wise Up actually yeah yeah and yeah so they said get in touch with be sober and I said and that's I already knew uh, because I uh, messaged Alex and I was like, oh, I, I know them. I, I know them, like the mates. <laughs> yeah, but we Instagram knew each other. Yeah, so you're technically real now. <laughs> yeah, so they said, get in touch. But Because Laura had got in touch with me. Me and Laura were friends on Facebook. And five years prior, when I was trying like all my different uh, Del Boy jobs, uh, <laughs> I decided to start selling aloe vera. Um, and you probably know the company. And then... <laughs> And Laura joined my team because I was like, come, we'll change our lives, we'll change our lives, which I genuinely thought we would. Um, And obviously that didn't happen. Um, So we sort of stayed friends on Facebook. And and I think it's funny now how how it's panned out because we have changed our lives, but not with aloe vera. Um, So so Laura messaged me saying, I'm... um, 
I'm sober now. I think she was about three months sober. And she said, do you know of any meetups? And I'm like, no, I don't. I don't. And I said, do you want to start one? And uh, me and Laura are, are very much the same in, in the fact that we run away with ideas. And uh, she's like, yeah, let's do it. So that's where we got in touch with Mark and Liam and they, they put us in touch with you. Oh, I'm so glad as well. I really, really am. You're just such a lovely team together. Like, when, honestly, when, like, you first started and the events we that you came up... We were we, at that point? Yeah, we were. But the events, like, that you guys decided to come up with, I was like, this is freaking incredible. Axe-throwing. Axe-throwing. Like, oh, we've got that in two weeks. You're doing it again, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. We want yeah. it this time, but we're definitely going to book on And then you're doing skydive. Yeah, skydive at the end of June. Uh, our next plan, Laura's uh, in talks now for July, is, um, you know, the, um, is it called cold water swimming? Oh, yeah, yeah. Where so you going to do that? You know? Sorry? Where are you going to do it? I think it's at Salford. Uh, are you going to do it in the, you're going to do an organised one? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Well, so you get a hat and everything with them. Do you? Yeah. I'm going. <laughs> I want a hat. It'll get wet. <laughs> no, you do cope with some incredible events. And I think the fact that you're another team, another two-person team, it just it just makes you, because you both complement each other lovely. I saw your little live you did after you walked the other week and I just loved it because it reminded me so much of our little lives and like the way we just talk to people. Like, come along, we don't want to be doing this on our own. <laughs> yeah, and uh, well, we we keep, because of COVID and stuff, we, we've not been able to get together and we keep saying, yeah, we should do a live and we should do a live. Uh, and then in the car, she was like, shall I just go live? Yeah, do it, do it, just go live. <laughs> so, yeah, we're nice, it's nice. And hopefully we'll do more of that every time we meet. Yeah, definitely, that would be really good. And I think that inspires people to come along as well. Like, when, when we're used to going to events, we forget how nerve-wracking and scary it can be for somebody that's never been to something like this. And then when you're doing things like axe throwing, for somebody brand new to turn off their lives, so it would be nice for him to get to know you a bit first through the line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think as well with Instagram, it's just pictures in it generally that, yeah. that, that we put on. It's just pictures. And I think once they sort of know that we're actually normal, like we said, we will not be judging. It's funny how when you're with all the Be Sober lot, it's... Um, it's you can say anything you can absolutely say anything you need and you generally say things that you wouldn't say to your best friend or you know yeah. things like that uh, because you know people get it um and it's so nice to be able to sort of offload we're all such oversharers, aren't we? We are oversharers. It's like, you know, when the bit in the kitchen when you used to drink and everyone's really pissed and you really overshare like your whole life and then you wake up and you're like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> it's like that without the drink and without the regret. <laughs> Do you know yeah. what I mean? We're just like, yeah. yeah. It's it's like when you when you get together and you're in these groups and everybody's just talking in the same. I think at first it took... I've only been on a couple of events and it took minutes for me to realise that everybody, like you say, there's no shame attached anymore. Somebody's done miles worse than you, Alma. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Everything like, oh, you go, oh, did this thing once. Like, that's not a patch on what I did. Spend <laughs> night in prison, mate. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like proper good, isn't it, listening to the stories. And then when you try and imagine people, what they used to be like, I always do that. I think about they were a right woman. <laughs> well, we said to me and Laura on that line, we said uh, we might have a competition and uh, we can have as 
Mark's very crazy. You've been in a thought, Laura would win. Laura would win. Yeah. <laughs> well, you said it, didn't you? Laura would win. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think you might be right there, right? We should have an ambassador competition. Do you think Laura would still win? No, I think. created us. No, I reckon um, which of our ambassadors might win that. I think Oliver. Would I win. think Oliver might win. Oh, yeah, it's a little, little dark horse. <laughs> <laughs> was the quiet ones in it. Yeah, our Bristol ambassador. Check him out on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> we honestly think, and I hope we're not being biased. I don't think we are. That be sober community is just different than every other sober community. We really do feel we've got. I'm not saying that other communities aren't special, but I think we have got something really, really different and really, really special. Do you agree? I, I think it's approachability. It's it, it's basically, um, it's there's no sort of theirs and graces. We are what we say on the tin kind of thing, and and everybody's open about it. Um, and and I think it, it's it's more approachable because. We're actually you're looking at us and and we're having a like a laugh, yeah. um, but we're also we're also open when we're dealing with shite things as well, yeah. you know. Uh, so we're not hiding anything and we're not masking anything. And I think that's what's that's what people need to see really. That so they're not going in with this airy fairy idea that it's just going to be a breeze, and then within the first two weeks they think, oh my god, this is difficult. This is not what I signed up for. Mm-hmm. But because we're we're sort of honest about it. And that it will be difficult at times, and and even even two years into sobriety, it still can be difficult. Um, I think that's the appeal. Yeah, it's funny because Lisa was saying earlier, and I can say this now because it'll have been um, advertised and launched by Saturday. But we've opened a training academy, be sober, and it's oh wow. Well, you kind of saw it coming as ambassadors. I would have thought. Well, yeah. um, <laughs> I just got ready, ready to launch, and. One of the things that we were talking about yeah. is, you know what, here's fun us. We are fun, but please don't mistake fun for being unintelligent or unsympathetic or not having the inside knowledge about what getting sober is. Just because we do it like this doesn't mean we don't know our yeah. stuff. And it was like, are we going to get this balance right? But I think people who know us see that we have got that balance right. There is yeah. You know, our, our ambassador meetings that we have, they're not like staff meetings. They're a laugh, the fun, but we get business done, don't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's it. That's what people need, though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think. There's no point in having a, um, a, a laugh. There's no point in coming just to have a laugh because you might as well go to a comedy club for that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm in one sometimes, Irene. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Can I just take you back one more time now? So 2018, you were you you got sober. Can you just tell us a little bit about what the turning point was? Like, you know, what made you decide to get sober and then how you did it? Because you were on, weren't with us at that point. Yeah. Um, so 2018, uh, 2017, sorry, February 2018, I was diagnosed with a brain tumour. Um, and... And I'd always known that I've got no off button. I've got no. I'm always the one who gets drunker than anybody else. Uh, and and it were only since having kids that it's started to bother me. So I've always been super curious. Um, and then once I got the brain tumor and they said it was growing, I found out in the August September time it was growing, and I'd need surgery in 2019. So I thought I can't let them open up my brain and it be pickled in vodka and. 
I've got to give myself my best. It's not meant to be funny, but it is. The thing. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Ari. We both just like, I tried to hold it in and she did it first. Couldn't help myself. Pickled in vodka, what an image, right? Carry on. <laughs> and I just thought, I'll never forgive myself if something bad happened um, and, and I weren't at the healthiest I could I could be. Yeah. Uh, so I knew, I knew on the, it was New Year's Eve, Adam were at work. I knew that was going to be my last drink. Um, at 10 o'clock I finished it and went to bed <laughs> and um but I didn't tell anybody for two weeks because I just thought I don't need the added pressure uh, in case I fail um but I'd already, I felt I felt like I'd already done the work before before I'd made the decision to do it um so once I got to like I remember I got a post uh, a memory come up on my Facebook the other day saying January February March April tick 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 um, and that I think was the first time that I'd come out on Facebook and said I've give up drinking. Um, yeah, and 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 that was it. I never I've never had a, a drink since. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think I did do the work beforehand. So when you say you did the work, what kind of things did you do beforehand? I've read I've read um, every book that I could find. Um, uh, this Naked Mind by Annie Grace. Well, I say read. I listen to them on audiobook. Yeah, um, you read as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I listened to that three times. And even uh, the, the one thing, and I, I, I suppose a lot of people will say this, the one thing that stuck out was the three o'clock thing in the middle of the mo- in the morning. Yeah. Um, everybody gets it. And it's not just you. It's not just you that gets it. Um, and and I just thought, actually, I'm not, I'm not that abnormal I, you know it, it is normal um and i just i, I remember ted and abby used to call out uh, vodka oh, sorry, sorry? Sorry. Interrupt because lisa's dog has done a trump oh. <laughs> stinks i'm glad it's not smell vision oh. i can't i'm smirking and if people see it they'll think i'm smirking at your story i'm smirking because i'm sat in dog trump <laughs> It's so annoying because my house smells beautiful. Can I just point that out, actually? Our house is beautiful. <laughs> it smells delicious. It looks gorgeous. And then poor little scraggy old Jeffrey is just a little smelly dog, bless him. It's gone now. You just uh, panicked me now. I thought, that is it going to be, uh, is it video as well? Yeah, yeah you look fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Forget to tell people this. It was on YouTube as well. <laughs> Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. But no, back, go on. Sorry, Irene. Pick what? up. Yeah, we've just distracted my fault. <laughs> uh, so, no, so I did a lot of reading. Um, I follow people on Instagram and stuff. Um, what else did I do? I think that were it. Reading. Reading such a big one. I think the first, when you said that, like when you realised other people woke up at three o'clock yeah. in the morning, I remember reading, it was the unexpected joy of being sober by Catherine Gray. And although I didn't massively relate to her lifestyle, there were so many things in the book. I was like, oh, I do that. Mm-hmm. And that, that feeling, it's just... I can't even explain it when you just realise that you're not the only person because I used to wake up with such dread and anxiety and hatred for myself and I thought I was the only person 
in the world that used to do that so to actually read that other people are doing the same thing is just it's such a relief in it that you're not on your own yeah that's yeah. the biggest thing it's like well that's what community is about isn't it and they do say it don't they that the opposite of addiction is connection and it's so true when you realize whether it's real physical connection or just belonging to part of a community where everyone gets it yeah just that not being on your own often is enough to be the you know to fix the missing piece in the puzzle you see we see it all the time don't we in the members group where people say i don't know what's different this time but it's just different i've got yeah. it and it is yeah. that connection it is that talking to people who who are spurring you on and you can lay bare your soul and you know they're gonna yeah. say no don't pick up a drink you're gonna feel worse anything like that just keeps you going because yeah, when we stopped there wasn't that community so it was people who had written these books that was your like you felt like you really knew them when with the first ever event I went to was um the sober spring by Catherine Gray actually yeah. and I felt like I really knew her I just wanted to give her this massive hug and she'd been like weird or <laughs> well she knows us a bit now <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we've had her on the sober sessions. Yeah, I think we didn't have her on our podcast, though, did we? No. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> we might yeah. But, um, yeah, I think, I, I do think community, and, and weirdly, right, I'm just going to digress a bit, because if you'd have asked me two years ago, and I knew I was going to stop drinking two years ago, because I had just had my birthday, that, for me, my birthday when I was 41 was the actual... Yeah, turning point for me I, sudden, I could see Lisa sober I'd been through all the shit I'd been through and I thought I want that I don't know what it was exactly but I want uh, that it was my joyful happy glowing face I think it was, it was also, <laughs> do you know what else it was it was also the fact that and I don't I, this sounds awful now I don't want it to no, sound awful you, you show people you really are <laughs> It's, I don't, I don't think it's as bad as that. <laughs> Lisa was drinking more so her than me. She would really go on a blowout on a weekend because she didn't have the kids or whatever, really go on a blowout. So we'd arrange to meet up on a Saturday wow. and it just wouldn't happen. Or it would happen, but it'd just be hanging. It'd be like, she's always really, off, really yeah. rough. And even though I'd have a drink on the Friday, I'd be really excited and saving myself for the Saturday to, to get pissed, saving yeah. myself. <laughs> that's the thing and I was in this relationship so we had yeah. very different lives and where, this is what it was when it came to anything from a stopping drinking she's never ever and not that she ever let me down she's never let me down since yeah. ever like if yeah. she says she's going to do something she does it and I think I just suddenly thought and I, I didn't realise I had a thing about it anyway I was just like oh it's Lisa she's pissed off to go pick her up on that stop on the yard show oh she, do you remember that that was yeah, oh, I lived over there then she actually came to pick me up and I didn't want and she was like no you are coming you to my house you said you'll come I'm coming picking you up and I've not had any sleep whatsoever <laughs> she came and picked me up and I was dreading it I was like oh I'm gonna to have to drink tonight because I promised that we'd go out she had to pull over at the hard shoulder so I could throw up and she still dragged me to her house you are coming out with me you were like the food and she ordered a coke and wouldn't eat it <laughs> and then fell asleep on the sofa while yeah, made, wine. yeah got a bottle of wine and I remember thought like pretending to really try and get the wine down because I didn't want to let her down and then watching a film like this like no no watch it watch it oh yeah <laughs> but honestly I think seeing that she changed into oh. this reliable like gone back to how we were really before it got to be a bit of an issue for us 
And seeing that, seeing she comes to my birthday, seeing she was still having a good time and she chose to go when really things are going shit. So you know that you know that after three or four drinks when everybody starts to just become annoyed yeah. and you yeah. believe that. And the thing for me was I'd always said, I don't really I, I don't like socializing. I like to go out and get pissed because I didn't like socializing, I've realized. Yeah. yeah. And and I was like, I don't really want connection, I don't want community. And honestly now. It is the thing that I really, I rely on it now. I rely on connecting, whether it be through this podcast, whether it be through posting in the group or just reading somebody else's post and being able to help them. That's what keeps me going now. Yeah, yeah. And don't they say, surround yourself with five people that you want to be the average of. Yeah, and I, and I just think that's that's great. Like that's what we've got. If you <laughs> you surround yourself with all these positive people, real people. Yeah, uh, it's good. I just had a flashback of the five people I probably used to surround myself with, and realised why my life was such a pile <laughs> <animal> of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I just had a vision and was like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not nice now when you look and you think and when you really do think who are the five people I associate with the most forget the five who are the 50 people who are the hundred people everybody yeah. in our circle now and I'm including you in this obviously is trying to improve their life in some way is yeah. striving for self-development and everybody has got a story and a background every and I think this is where we've got to get better as a society if you speak enough to enough people everybody's got shit that has brought them to this point. Everybody. Nobody's got, and yet we all feel so alone when we're going through it. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. We, I've just started at work, we were asked to um, run the uh, sober awareness, sober support group at work. So it's all over the force, all over the police force. Um, and I started <laughs> podcasting, but it is uh, just the, uh, Adam's doing it for me, you know, edited for me, and I'm just interviewing people. Oh, brilliant. But, uh, I spoke to a girl who who listened to you, um, Alex, when you came to work. Oh, yeah. And she gave experience of Alan on. Um, and I'd never, like, I'd never heard of Nicole before, before yeah. speaking to you. And all these things, I just think... I, I do get in my head where I think, oh, I want to try and do something to help them. I want to try and do something to help them. And, and there's so many people that you want to try and help that you, sometimes it gets a bit lost and you think, right, okay, I'll try and just focus on one thing. But the fact that if we can just, like you've always said, you both always said, if we can just help that one person, um, and, 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 and that's what I think at work, if I can just help that one person by me telling my story, then, then job done, done all right. It's a ripple effect, doesn't it? That one person that you help, it changes so many lives and I don't think people realise that. We've said this, haven't we? Like you said, the ripple of that one person will change. Like me stopping drinking, the effect that that had on you. Yeah. yeah. The effect that that has on then had family. on your family, the effect it had on my family. You know, like the posts that I'd put on Facebook, Right at the beginning, there were so many people that used to inbox me. And I love it. There's a girl in our support group, Rachel, oh, yeah. who we actually went to school with. And she'd seen my post and she was she stopped drinking. And she's coming up to, like, nearly three years herself now. And she always says it's because I'd seen your posts. And I think that's why I love being so loud and proud about our story. And I think that's also what sets Be Sober apart from anything else, is that we are all pretty loud 
proud and proud about our society. It's not like hiding, is there? There's literally no hiding. It's like we're sober. This is amazing. And again, like you said, our community, everybody, it's not just about putting the drink down. It's a bit, it, we're continuing to better ourselves all of the time. And I just think with people like you and Laura doing what you're doing in Bolton, like you say, if one person turns up and has a coffee with you, that's life-changing for so many people, yeah. so many. And I think we worry about spreading ourselves too thinly, but let's start with that one. And yeah. as an ambassador, and you know, we, we, we've written that infographic that we've put out there for the ambassadors, which you'll have seen in the Facebook. Yeah, so yeah. And it's so true. You know, the ambassadors are absolutely the heart of Be Sober and long may that continue because that's, you know, that's our vision. Our vision is to get an ambassador in every single town. We want to be known everywhere, don't we? Everywhere in the whole wide world. Yeah. Yeah. And not known because we want to be known for us, because we want people to know this is here for you. These people love what they do. Our ambassadors love Be Sober. And you must do. You all you all put in so much effort. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. the people that come to come to work with us and come to volunteer for us, it's at their heart as well. You know, I was having a conversation with Shana, our backcountry ambassador, and she she was saying, I do what I do just because I love Be Sober. I love what it stands for. No, that's really nice, isn't it? Yeah. It makes us feel all warm and fuzzy. Yeah. See, I, I think as well, um, the amount of seeds that we're planting, that, like, you, you won't know the effect until, like, a couple of years on, because, like, uh, I would have done all my work before going sober, but there's other pe- loads of people out there, and you're just planting that seed, and when nobody's pushy about it, no. it's like, it's because it's got to be your own decision whether you want to go for it or not. Um, but just putting those seeds in people's heads, um, like that. It's amazing, isn't it? I remember always, I was one of them kids, me, that always needed a per like, used to sit there like, what's my purpose in life? Why am I here? I'm here for a reason. What is that reason? And even as an adult, and honestly, for the first time ever, with everything that we do with Be Sober, I've kind of, it sounds drastic and dramatic, but I have realised my purpose. And I think helping people know that they're not on their own is just... And to stop drinking, like to stop numbing everything out, because not only does it numb, like we said before, about the the bad things, it numbs out the good things and it also really numbs our intelligence. So really we're helping like the world become more intelligent. Be clever. (laughs) Yeah, be clever. But it does, doesn't it? It just helps so much. And yeah, I love that. I I felt like a sponge. Uh, After I'd given up drinking, I felt like a sponge that I I wanted so much. Uh, I didn't know exactly what I wanted but I knew I wanted more knowledge and I wanted to learn more things and I know I had the time to do it it is amazing it is incredible can I just say as well I did see on your post that you got the all clear from the hospital when you went back for your brain scan recently yeah I got the all clear yesterday I didn't realise how nervous I was until she rang up and I was like yeah yeah it's me I'm here I'm ready oh (laughs) I'm really pleased for you with that because that must be a massive weight off your mind everything's right and you yeah, I'm being incredible. <laughs> yeah, and she said uh, we we won't give you another scan now for five years, and she said we might give you another one after that for uh, in another five years because you're young and alive. I've not been called young for such a long time. Oh, that's so lovely. I'm young and tumor free. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's 
Amazing. Oh, thank you so much, Erin. I've absolutely loved speaking to you today. Thanks for your honesty, sharing your story. Um, we'll, we'll put a little trigger warning on. But also, Ivy, make sure you send us your links to your book and your website and things like that that you're doing because we'll put it on here. Because we know you do lots of being sober, but there is a whole other side to you that we can share as well. Oh, lovely. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. See you later. See you later.